Hello and welcome to episode 658 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, March 18th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, how's it going, sir? Uh, I'm a little jet lag. I got back at, I don't know, about 2.30 in the morning, Ooh. my time, after waking up at, uh, what, like 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday East Coast time. So it, yesterday was a really, really long, a really fun day. Like, I had a blast, not just at, like, the Tat Wars auction, but a bunch of us hung out at Virgil's afterward, and then a an, smaller group of us. Uh, including like Tristan Cockroft and Derek Van Riper and Clay Link and Ian Kahn. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman like went out to coffee uh, before I h- got on my plane. It was like a really, it was a really fun weekend. Tat Wars is Excellent. always a fun weekend. It's great. We had a blast. Uh, got to hang out, do some drafts. Got to see everybody. Real good time. Really good time for sure. We got three drafts that we want to talk about. I was in the Tat Wars head to head points league. You had an NFBC main event, your first foray into that uh, into that Shark Tank, and then your Tout NL only, which you did yesterday at the auction. So let's just dive into those three here in just one quick moment. One little bit of news I want to talk about because I'm really intrigued by it. I'm actually kind of ticked off by it because now this guy's price is going to go through the roof, and I was happy to continue to get him at a, a remarkably fair price. Car- like in- cargo to the Indians. Yes, yeah, that's it. Now, <laughs> Jung Ho Gung wins the job. And uh, remember when you said that he's worthless and you didn't care about him at all? Yeah, this is a huge bummer, and we'll talk about it, I think, a little bit when we get to my NFBC squad because I was about to take him in <sighs> in NFBC because uh, we'll we'll talk about that, I think, a little bit more in depth. In a yeah, we'll, bit, we'll get into that. Is, yeah, so he, super bummer for me. He beats out Colin Moran. Um, he has five hits in spring training. They're all home runs. <laughs> uh, you know, and obviously, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily why or whatever. You know, I think it was basically you get your life on track from from the DUI situations, and and you show to us that that you're good to go. Then we're going to play you. I'm, I'm sure it was something to that degree that they told him. And so if he's been staying on the on the straight and narrow, then uh, he's he's going to start. And it makes sense because he's better than Colin Moran. Like. I had some hype for Colin Moran last year coming into the season because he had added some power in the minors, and he was pretty bland. Um, well, that, that Park Gung, just crushes Colin Moran's power potential. That's true. Uh, but Gong can be a, a game changer in a lineup. And I know you're a Josh Bell guy, so you should actually be happy about this because it helps your boy Josh Bell. And, um, you know, I like Frazier, Marte. I actually like the whole top of their lineup there. Frazier, Marte, Dickerson, Gong, Bell. And even Cervelli, you know, we don't know what kind of health we're going to get, but he's really good when when he is playing at catcher. So Gung's in. Um, again, this should skyrocket his price. He was basically free, man. I mean, we're talking late, 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 if not flat-out reserve pick. So this is going to change that. Uh, where are you now on him after where we were in the third base preview? Where, where have you evolved with your uh, Jung Ho Gung outlook? Uh, I mean, I'm obviously higher than I was. I just didn't see the path to playing time. But I think, one, the Pirates never addressed anything this offseason. <laughs> like they, no. They just said, we're going to go with what we got. Uh, that being said, uh, I mean, I don't expect him to hit a home run every time he gets a hit. And I, I, <laughs> I think there could definitely uh, – 
I, I don't think his job is necessarily super safe if if he struggles because they do have Moran, uh, they do have guys in the upper levels of the minors that can play the infield and play third base. Uh, but I wonder if he could bounce back over to short. He could bounce like, to short not... or to second. I mean, if they decide yeah. they need to move uh, Frazier back into the outfield. Yeah, 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 something like that. Like, because Eric Gonzalez is currently at short. So, what if Moran does do well when when he's in his time and Gung is doing well and Eric Gonzalez isn't because he's not a, a particularly good hitter? You take the defensive hit from Gung to Gonzalez, uh, from Gonzalez to Gung, uh, but then you get Moran in there, and I think that would work. Or like you said, Gung over to second base and Dickerson. For as good as he can be, is not a huge uh, health guy. He's not. He's well, not always healthy. Who knows so when Blanco, yeah, comes back. Exactly. Chisenhall and and Marte's got a you know a plethora of injuries as well uh, to his record. So I, I think there's a lot. Even if for some reason he struggles and loses playing time, there's ways to get it back. Uh, so I, I mean, it's. I'm super pumped. I should have gotten him in Tout Wars. I should have gotten him in. That's so uh, nice. Uh, but it, when he came out in Tout Wars, I just didn't have the money to spend, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and he literally went the pick before uh, I was about to take him in uh, in ta- in, uh, in the NFBC main. So uh, what, I, I, uh, I turned around on him. What did he go for in the NL? Obviously, we'll get into everything later. But but since we're talking about Jung Ho Gung, what did he go for in, in the auction? Uh, let me double check, but I, I think he went for like four or five. Uh, he came out kind of in this dead period where people were, uh, were holding on to a little bit of money for the end game. Uh, yeah. Four bucks, Craig Mish. It was a really, really nice buy for him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, especially cause he had already gotten kind of two studs at first and at first and third. Uh, and so, so he- Slides right into corner. Well, and he's got he's got a team that's got like a ton of positional flexibility. Love it. You get Travis Shaw, McNeil. You know I'm a sucker for that. Yeah, just he he he's he's a guy who can kind of just or he can move you know guys around all over, uh, kind of his infield. So, uh, and Gong is one of those guys that could te- potentially pick up more positions as the season goes yep. on, like we've talked about. So, uh, I was yeah I I probably I had gone five bucks on Hernan. Uh, Perez earlier on the auction and I kind of wish that I had saved that five bucks and gone four on gong later but I I like my team a lot too so yeah and we'll we'll get into that more uh later but that's Jung Ho Gung winning the third base job in Pittsburgh he's going to boost up draft boards so if you're taking him cargo real quick yeah actually we we, we probably should come on so I should should have included that that much about cargo but but once he's ready he's gonna have a job and this is crushing exactly Greg Allen. Greg Allen is done um, right now for, for the foreseeable future, but that will also tank his price. So if you want, you know, there are certain leagues where he would still be viable to take that flyer on, probably like an AL only. Yeah. But you know what else hurts is the DH or is the uh, the Hanley Ramirez pickup because even though he doesn't take an outfield spot, he blocks off. Well, and Bradley uh, Zimmer is way ahead of schedule. Oh, there you go, and that, I know that's your boy there. So yeah, Greg Allen's in big trouble now. Tyler Naquin. Still, oh, never mind. This this doesn't have um, cargo in. Tyron Aikman's going to take his spot. Yeah, because so cargo's gonna be not going to be ready to start the season. But it's going to be Bowers, Leonis, Martin, and then cargo when he gets in. But Naquin. So cargo goes out to Cleveland. You know they had to get. We kept saying uh, Adam Jones. 
one of them had to be out. Like, I can't believe it took as long as it did. But they ended up getting one of the veterans who just lingered out there forever. Cargo's going to take his physical today. Um, you know, he is going to be a little bit behind schedule. He gets um, a couple mil, right? And then, yeah, $2 million with $1 million in incentives. $2 million for Carlos Gonzalez. Jeez. That's the market. I, mean, I know. I know. So – are you now taking him in like ale? Would you have taken him as a reserve pick in your sure. NFBC? No, not in my NFBC, especially because because you have to hold him for a while. Yeah, too. who knows how long it takes? I mean, you assume that if he passes the physical and everything, that he's healthy and probably in pretty decent shape. But he's probably going to sure. miss the first two weeks of the season at least. Okay, and who knows? Like this is an experiment, right? So he could like come out and especially because they have the DH in the American League, uh, maybe that keeps him healthier. But would it surprise you if by June first that they just release him? No, it so, really wouldn't. So like in what's the upside on a cargo in Cleveland? It's twenty five home runs and like a two seventy five average, two eighty average. Yeah, and I mean. Considering he's probably going to miss some time out front, and it's hard to put him in for 600 plus plate appearances. I'm not even sure 25 is the upside. It's probably more like 20. Yeah, probably. I which mean, isn't he terrible, had, but. He had 16 last year and 500 plate appearances in Colorado. Yeah. So he has been, he has certainly fallen off for Carlos Gonzalez, but he is going to get some playing time, like you said. AL only, I think, is where you really care about this and, and being named value. Folks are going to want to jump in on him. Um, don't go crazy though, you know, just cause he's got some of that playing time. I don't think he's going to lock off the playing time to where if he's struggling, they're just going to keep trotting him out there. Cause they, they will now have, it's a name to just keep watching. Cause like I'll have him like, I'll, I'll kind of be watching him as like he goes through his whatever minor league rehabs or extended spring training, uh, for, for my main event squad, just to, Yep. You know, when it looks like he's maybe a week away, maybe I'll grab him, you know, for a buck or two because it won't be, you know, it won't break the bank. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I'm not highly getting highly invested. Yeah, because then, like, when Zimmer gets there, I don't know, some of this is going to play itself out. Is Hanley Ramirez going to stay healthy? Cause well, I, yeah, Hanley. How, how long can we really expect Hanley to be on that roster? I, I, I don't know. I hope I hope it's all year, though. I love Hanley. I want, I want him to rake but do i have any uh any confidence that that's going to happen no i'm not an idiot of course 35 year old hanley <laughs> i'm not expecting to do a whole lot but we'll see how it goes there because yeah they're going to obviously bring back um the the eric stamets is playing short so that's not lindor's going to go right in for that that's fine but then when you talk about cargo coming in that's probably naquin's spot or luplo and then naquin goes to the bench and then Bradley Zimmer you're talking about, and he's going to take a spot. Leonis Martin is not the healthiest guy, but when he's, when he's playing, he's really good, uh, especially defensively. And so I wonder what's going to happen there. Uh, the, now, all of a sudden, it's a little crowded, but not with great talent. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the heck's going to happen out there in Cleveland, but uh, maybe Carlos Santana will destroy some TVs for playing Fortnite and <laughs> run, run himself out of the team. It's like my favorite story of the day. Really, really funny. If you don't know what we're talking about there, just Google Carlos Santana Fortnite. You'll see it for sure. All right, let's get into these drafts here. we got three to talk about. Let's start with my Tout Wars draft, the head-to-head points league. Talked a bit about this and how they changed the schedule or the scoring, and they 
really changed it, Justin. So give us an overview of, of what they did last year, and uh, and then we can get into the changes that they made this year. Because you kind of took advantage of what it was set up to be last year, and it seems like they might have overcompensated to counter that. Yeah, so last year when I ran the numbers, I saw that pitchers vastly outscored hitters. And uh, they did a, they do a thing in this league. They changed that, this part a little bit by lessening the amount of points you get for the overall. But the standings points, or quote-unquote wins, losses, are determined by if you win the hitting points, the pitching points, and then the overall. So you get two quote-unquote wins for having the most hitting points, two quote-unquote wins for having the most pitching points, and then two uh, for winning uh, the overall total number of points. So you can get six wins in a week. Uh, so last year what I did was I looked at it and I go, pitching is way too valuable in this league, and I, I'm i just going to roster, just a, I'm going to do a reverse Labadini. So, which a Labadini is where you only spend nine dollars uh, total on your pitchers out of your two hundred sixty dollar budget, and spend the rest on offense. I spent I think two hundred and one dollars on my pitching, and fifty nine dollars on my offense. I still put together a decent enough offense. I was able to pick guys up like Austin Meadows throughout the season. Uh, what failed me in that league last year was injuries. I had 17 of my uh, 23 guys at one time on the DL. But even in spite of all of that and then having some disappointing performances, I ended up finishing fifth, which tells me the process was right in spite of the fact that you know my, my guys failed me. Uh, this year, I think in, in you know they, they say it's not in response to it, but I, I got to think that my strategy last year has some sort of influence or had some sort of influence on them wanting to see a more hitter-friendly approach in the league. They lowered the amount of pitching points that players would get and raised the amount of hitters' points, which then swung it wildly back the other way. Like so far back the other way to the point where the the, the you know kind of catch-all that folks were using was that Josh Bell and Max Scherzer were slated to score the same. Yeah. Which is obviously just too much. And here's the thing. You know, obviously you have to be cognizant of the fact that Max Scherzer is still going to be better than, you know, Wade Miley by X amount or whatever. But is it enough to make it worth going for pitching? And I decided no. You know, we talked about it and I, I was fully on board with saying, no, let's just go for hitting. Or, uh, yeah, let's just go for hitting like crazy and then focus on um, a cheap stab. Now, you wanted me to fully Labadini yes. it and, and, and go uh, $9. I did not. Yeah, you, you spent feel... too much money. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, there wasn't enough. That's the thing. Like, there just wasn't enough. Uh, there wasn't going to be enough money to figure it out. Else, like, and, 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 like, I guess I could have bought another big hitter, but. Story. Um, yeah, well, oh, okay. There's a little bit. There's a little bit of a story about story. Mm -hmm. There's there's a couple stories about this yes, draft that about, are interesting. Players. So with Trevor's story, there was there was a joke made about him, and I think it made people forget about him because Trey Turner came out and Jeff uh, like kind of fumbled over his words a little bit and said Tway Turner, and like uh, obviously everyone laughed. And then we said that now you have to call it Tway Story, and for what you know, just a stupid joke that kind of. Idly went by, everyone, you know, everyone laughed or whatever. But then I think it took Trevor's story mentally off the board for folks. So he didn't come out for 
quite a bit longer than he should have. It was really kind of weird. Worse yet was that um, Ricky Henderson actually – or it's not Ricky Henderson. I don't know where I came with Ricky Henderson. <laughs> I'm like, Nelson what? Cruz, I, don't, I have no idea. My <laughs> I mean, that's went. an old player. Like, Nelson Cruz is an yeah, old not player. Quite not as old. white. Yeah. yeah. Though Ricky Henderson never retired. Ricky Henderson, you know, he could still be out there. We should have been on. No, Nelson Cruz came out, got bit upon. So this one makes a lot more sense than just a joke. So Nelson Cruz comes out, gets bit upon, but it turned out it was Alex Chamberlain who elected him, and he already had Shohei Otani. So you can't you can't throw out a guy that you can't roster because if you want him, obviously he wasn't going so he to win Chris him. Chris Davis. Or Chris Davis, Chris Davis, Chris Davis. So he had to go back, and that – once you get a few dollars into bidding, that definitely got him crossed off on a bunch of lists. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't go back and put him. So he ended up being a reserve pick. Yeah. And he didn't even go first in the reserves, which no. I think is a bit crazy to me. Uh, there were some because, people who were pretty upset because, at Foley's that were in that draft that uh, Jeff Erickson, who was the auctioneer, who's a fantastic auctioneer, by the way. Uh, I really like watching Jeff work. Uh, he mentioned before the start of the reserves that Nelson Cruz was still available. Uh. There were a couple people who were pretty upset. And while I get what they're saying, Jeff probably shouldn't have done that. At the same time, like everybody has no one to blame but themselves because there's no reason he shouldn't gone for at least a buck. Yeah, Uh, he's off off my board. I mean, that's, you know, and like Clay Clay not only is a, a, a fantastic player, but like, you know the fantasy gods obviously just love him. Clearly, I mean, clearly, it's just, it, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So he got that uh, he got that windfall. But but he, let's let's dive into the ball club here. Mm-hmm. And uh, here is the cheap pitching. We need seven P and two RP. So you have to have two relievers. So I went with two. I went with multiple reliever uh, eligible starters on purpose, of Which course, is a including great idea. Peacock, Stripling, and Urias are the three that I have there, and. And potentially Alex know. Reyes as well. I was going to say, and potentially Reyes. So Peacock was four, Urias was three, Batances two, Chad Green one, Ryan Presley three, Kyle Hendricks four, Ross Stripling five, my, my top dog there for pitching, Joey Lucchese three, and Alex Reyes two. So again, those are like $1. I, I don't even know who I'd have gotten to try to go all $1 because I could afford that. Michael Pineda went for a dollar. Gross. Gross. I'm not, I'm not trying to. <laughs> Kyle Freeland right went for a dollar. Gross. Well, not, that that was actually kind of interesting. I, I was surprised that he went um, that cheap. Wasn't what other... a lot of one dollar pitchers? That's pretty yeah. much. I mean, out of Vino, Jake Junis. I don't want any of them in, in a twelve team format like the Yarbrough. Yeah, so I mean, because does Yarbrough happy. have multiple eligibility too? Yes, he would. He would be an RP. So here's the offense, and you let me know what you think about it. Catcher. Danny Jansen and Austin Barnes for eight, seven for Jansen, one for Barnes. I thought Barnes at one in a points league was pretty great uh, because his walks are gonna gonna help. Obviously, he shouldn't have gone for like five or anything, but I thought two or three to be. So I felt like I saved a couple bucks. The uh, the the corner uh, first third corner is Reese Hoskins thirty four, Max Muncie five. I think there were some injury concerns there that probably a little bit overblown in my opinion. And then Joey Votto twenty five. Middles where I kind of skimped and probably where I could have spent some of that extra pitching cash. But again, I'm I'm completely happy with what I got and, and both on the pitching and here in the middle. Marcus Simeon, two. Marwin Gonzalez, two. And as Jubal Cabrera, four. And then this is where the money gets spent, the outfield. 
Mike Trout 57, Aaron Judge 39, Andrew Benintendi 37, Aaron Hicks 12. He's hurt. That's weird. Jesse Winker 7, and then Jake Lamb at utility for a buck. Yeah, I mean, I love your offense. Uh, I, I probably would have, like I said, just done the dollar pitcher thing and gotten one more big hitter in the middle. Sure. Uh, maybe like like I said, uh, Tur- Turner only went for thirty one. Merrifield only went for twenty one. Uh, so and the speed doesn't necessarily uh, pay out very much in these. Uh, that, that's why you went with guys with a lot of power that walk because you get a point per walk and uh, you get what is it like six points at least per home run. Yeah, because you at get, least you depending get, on yeah, who's on four for the base, four for the actual home run, one for the run, and then one for the RBI. So, Correct. the the high power, high OBP guys or high walk rate guys are great, and that's I also like the fact that you grabbed a couple different guys that can play multiple positions. Yes, because design, unlike sure. a lot of uh, unlike all of the other tout leagues, you can actually change out your team on Fridays. Correct. Uh, and so having guys that can move around your infield uh, and uh, and even, I think, what you got, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Gonzalez, who can move into the outfield. Uh, so I, I really like that. Uh, the, my big concern, though, I think you kind of answered it, talking about Austin Barnes' uh, walk rate. I would have spent more on catcher because the yeah. drop-off at catcher in this format is pretty huge. Exactly, and I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to get left out in the cold, so Jansen at seven, you know, I, I, I was in there. And then, you know, when Barnes went one, though, I was like, you know, I'll pay three or four for him. He went for one, so I kind of was just, I just had him. I, I would have, I think there were some other catchers that were available that were higher. I just kind of wanted to see what what was going to happen if he was going to get pushed to like four. I would have bowed out and gone harder on somebody. But yeah, I could have gone like Jansen. Uh, Ramos for seven apiece, something like that. Yeah, I had but, both Gary Sanchez and Real Muto as $35 players in this format. That's and, crazy. And they both went for, uh, Real Muto well, went for 26, uh, Sanchez went for 21. So, uh, not that I dislike, I love Danny Jansen. He's my catcher in, uh, or one of my catchers in the main event. Uh, and Barnes is, is great, especially with the walk rate. And now that, uh, uh, Grandall is gone. He's going to play all the time. Uh, I just would have probably spent up there a little bit more, maybe instead of doing the Ben attendee uh, one. Yeah, and I I definitely spent big on him. That's obviously baking in some sort of some breakout for for Ben attendee. He doesn't strike out either, which helps in a points league when you don't strike out. But he needs he needs to really come through. I felt like I got kind of got it back a little bit on twenty five for Votto and five for Muncie, if you kind of look at it as a group. But in this, in the individual buy, when you get Judge for 39 and Benintendi for 37, Benintendi's an overpay, and I freely, I freely admit that. The only other, my only other thing that I would have done differently is I would have done my reserves different. So Okay, do tell. Because it's, because you, you spent so much on offense and your I offense is pitching. so powerful, I would have gone four pitchers or five pitchers and one in one hitter, especially because you have that Friday. It's not like NF- in NFBC, you can switch out hitters on Fridays, but you can't switch out pitchers. In this, you can switch out pitchers too. And so the real way to get two start pitchers is to stream through the reserves uh, like like you're getting that second start each week. So I, I, if, if it was me, I would have I would have rostered more pitchers. And you can obviously change that. Yeah. In, but I got it's one of those McMahon. things. man. In, in um, tout, we have a rule that if you pick someone up off the waiver wire, 
uh, or, or via fab, you have to start them that whole next week. Correct. Correct. So I'll have to find some some players that I do like. I got McMahon, Adamas, Urias for hitters, and then Wood, Woodruff, uh, Waka, Lugo for pitchers. So yeah, I definitely could have gone for another pitcher. I was, I had some guys on on the board, and I was getting snaked on some on some players too, like Steven Matz was somebody I was really interested in. I can't believe he was a reserve pick, even in a twelve team. I just think he's generally underrated this draft season. Um, trying to think of some of the other names that I had that uh, that I was looking at, but I I, I understand. I, I can agree with that, and I kind of wanted to, but then as as names were getting plucked, I said, you know what, I'll just go for three and three and kind of figure it out from well, and there. And the nice thing too is this was I think a lot more people this year were a little bit more attuned to what the format was, but that doesn't mean everybody did what you did. You I mean no, you're the I, only one who went as extreme as you. Sealy was kind of close in like almost an eighty twenty split. And so was AJ Mask. And a, yeah, AJ Mask was and close AJ too. Mask. But I mean Ralph Lichitz had a fifty fifty split between pitching and hitting. Uh, other people were yeah, closer to sixty forty uh towards hit so it's not like all the starting pitchers are gone. And so there should be at least to start the season some stuff on the waiver wire until we start seeing I think what we're gonna see is one way or another, people are gonna have to completely reverse their strategy two months in. I, I think so. I think so. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I could definitely see myself. Well, you know, especially if McMahon wins the job, then I get rid of one of uh, one of Adamus or Urias because those are three, you know, like middle infield types. And this is a league that will base. trade because yes. not only do you have Jake Seeley in this league again, who loves to trade. You guys added the infamous Ian Khan, Ian Khan. who Khan. I I I when I was having uh, uh, coffee with him yesterday, I was like. When you and so Jake have your first phone call to uh, discuss oh, yeah. a trade, can you just like you know patch me record in? It. Yeah, I just yeah. want to record it and just because that is going to be the funnest conversation ever. It's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to hear them talk trade, and they definitely will be talking plenty of trade there. He went sixty eight thirty two. He said he talked to you about the format and couldn't do it. He, mm-hmm. he didn't. He just didn't want to do it. Um, he got his ace with Kluber. And then uh, at 29, Kershaw at 13. Like, it's not like he went crazy on pitching, but he certainly spent more at 68, 32. Like you said, Sealy was the only one close to me at 79, 18. Um, but yeah, I'm happy with how it turned out. You know, I didn't leave any money on the table either. and Which was a problem you know, for a number of other people, apparently. Yeah, well, Jake himself left six. Uh, AJ Dan Mass left six. nine. AJ Mass left it on the table so that 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 is tough and he looked like he was trying to go similar he ended up going 76 20 doesn't add up because he left the the nine on the table you know it looked like his brian anderson probably could have been somebody back because he got him for a dollar or you know fold that uh will myers into a 17 dollar player instead of eight and then nine left on the table but that that's what happens he only spent four dollars on catching that's where that money could have gone yeah uh, especially because is Tom Murphy making that team? I have no idea. I think it's Ionetta and Walters right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Tom Murphy's making the team. So, uh, so yeah, I executed um, what I wanted to. Like I, I, I realized quickly the full nine dollar was not going to be possible really because the pitching just would have been too crummy. And I don't know that I could have made the hitting exponentially better. There's a few spots I could have certainly spent a few bucks here and there. But like I love Winker at seven. Um, you know, my middle infield at eight with Semyon Gonzalez and, and Cabrera, I'm perfectly fine with. You know, where I probably would have spent some extra money was Muncie five. 
I got cricketed on him, and I was so happy with that. I probably would have spent like 12 and so that would have cut $7 off the pitching. So I just ended up getting some de- – same with Winker. I thought he would have gone like $10, $11, especially with Clay Link in there. Yeah, no, I was surprised uh, that w- in in all the things I did this weekend or watched this weekend, Winker did, was not as overpriced as I thought he would be, especially because Tout is all OBP stuff. Yeah. Like, he didn't go for very expensive in Tout and Al either. I threw him out thinking, okay, here's a way to soak up, like, 15 to 20 bucks. Uh, and I was actually surprised to see him not go as expensive. So uh, I think part of the reason, or I know part of the reasons why I, you know, have been kind of anti-Winker is I've really expected his price to jump and him to become a really trendy sleeper. Uh, and it just hasn't at all. No. It's, it's, I mean, he's... He's a fine price. I still don't like him, but I think in this format he's great because he walks. Uh, and doesn't strike out. Yeah, and doesn't strike out at all, which you get like a negative half point for. So Yeah, I'm really – I was again, I was ready to pay more. So that's kind of where I had the extra money for pitching was because Winker and Muncy went for a combined 12, and I kind of was down to pay like 10 each for him. You know? And I don't think that would have been out of bounds to do given this format. So I'm happy with the club. We'll see how it goes. Um, the scoring system's interesting, and that's about all I want to say about it right now. <laughs> Let's I, get into, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, thoroughly expecting that there'll be a third change to this scoring system at some point next certainly year. certainly see that. Let's get into the main event. Not only um, for you know literally the main event, but I, kind of the main event for the weekend. I was really excited about this. I wasn't even in it. I, I was following yours, and I was helping my buddy Paul. Paul Costave has been on the show before. I uh, was so excited. It wasn't even my team, and I was just excited to be in that room. There's so much juice in that room. It's so fun, and it got it's got me so pumped for my main event nine days now. So you're picking from the seventh slot. This is your first dive into the NFBC, and you dove into the deep end. Not only is it, you know, nice little entry fee there going for the main event and, and all of that, but your actual league, it's one thing any room you get into for the main event is going to be tough. But but you upped the degree of difficulty, not by choice, of course. No, but uh, so. I, I got I got a raw I got a raw end of a deal somewhere along the lines. This Originally, so I was great. supposed to be in Kostava's league or yep. at least when they assigned the original leagues, I was supposed to be in Kostava's league. And so it comes out, I think it like like six o'clock in the morning my time the assignments come out because there's three leagues drafting in the same room at the same time so they've got to split up all 45 of us and i pull a league with matt modica uh who is a shark but i love the dude he's you know it's just would have been just exponentially more fun oh so fun Uh, ryan bloomfield Mm -hmm. and then paul castava and i'm like I'm like, one, Kostava and Bloomfield and myself are all new players. So I'm like, okay, that that's going to be interesting. That makes it a little bit easier, maybe. Uh, and then you know, then all three guys, like, I know how they play and draft. I've seen them draft before. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, excited. So now I've just got to wait a few hours for KDS run. KDS runs, and I'm in a completely different league. <laughs> And it's filled with all these sharks. No joke. They, Yo, before... I, I, have, I have to say. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. This is so funny. So before all the festivities get started, they do you know, they do their spiel. Welcome. Thanks for coming out. This and that. Uh, we've got X amount of Hall of Famers. We have a few joining us today. You stand up over here. You stand up. You stand up. And we're anointing a new one. Welcome. 
Sorry, I forgot the names, but uh, you know, welcome this gentleman. All three of the guys that were there, four, both all the anoint- four, four of them, the anointed yes. one, and the three who are currently in the Hall of Fame, were in Justin's league, and I'm just dying every time one of them stands up. I'm like, where, where is? Oh, he's, he's on that side of the room. Oh, there he is on that side of the room. I was just, I was dying, dude. Four freaking Hall of Famers? Are you kidding me, dude? It was. Are you yeah. kidding? Me? It was a little ridiculous, and it. Not only do you not want to see that, but when you're in a position like I am and I'm I'm putting $1,700 of my own money, like this wasn't like, you know, a buy-in gifted to me or no, that no, I no. won, you know, for, you know, in a qualifier or something. This is like straight no, we're 17, putting up our own money. Yeah, this is like yeah. $1,700 cash money. Uh, and I've never put up that kind of money on a fantasy league. Uh, like a third of the league, at least, like three or four people in the league – came over to like say, Hey, I'm a really big fan of yours. I love listening to you. And it's I, like I read all your stuff. I listen to all yeah, your stuff. It's like, oh great. So you know exactly who I want, where to take them. Uh <laughs> so that that was fun. And obviously there were some people who didn't know who I was. Uh one because my actual last name, which is not Mason, uh spoiler alert. Um uh, was listed on the main event draft board, so I right. think that hid me a little bit. But at the end of the day, I just kind of did my own thing, and I think I came out with a oh, maybe a little bit different team than I have so far this year. But it's it's very is, it's very Justin Mason. I was gonna say this is this is pretty Masony though. You you got your guys, and it's on brand. Some, yeah, there's some absolute uh, NFBC vets. Like uh, like Vlad Sedler and, and folks like that, my boy Dusty, who was my partner, um, and this year we're, we're we're not splitting up acrimoniously or anything. I just Baby Bird got to fly. I want to try it on my own. I want to put up my seventeen hundred and see what I can do. And um, so I'm I'm flying out on my own. I'm actually going against Dusty, by the way. He he joined oh, my league, so nice. uh, the 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 teacher and the student will be going head to head. But they they give you props on this team. So let's talk about picking from the seventh spot. What did you want with that first pick? So I was hoping that Max Scherzer or Jacob Degrom fell to me. I, I chose my my KDS started off one two seven. Uh, obviously, you had like two Hall of Famers get the one two spot, which is awesome, including uh, 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 Jupinka, who has won the main Steve event Jupinka. twice, right? Total stud, yeah. total stud. So he's won the, the overall twice. It's like it's ridiculous. Uh, so I would I was hoping one or two, obviously, but. If a seven, I like because you're either going to get Scherzer to Grom or you can get a Jose Ramirez, a JD Martinez, or a Trey Turner. So I felt like, and then still have a real good shot at getting an ace in the second round. Yeah. Uh, and so what I did was Mike Warner, uh, my co owner of Friends Fancy Benefits, was uh, there with me. So a few hours before, we kind of sat down and we, we did a little tree. We went, okay, if this is who I end up with, this is where I want to go in the second and the third, fourth rounds. Yep. Uh, and we did it for all five options that I thought would be available there for me. Uh, DeGrom seemed like the most likely to be available because he had an ADP of 12. But in the main event, pitching really gets pushed up. And we saw that in this because I took DeGrom 7. And by the time it got back to me, Garrett Cole, Bauer, Sale, Verlander had gone. Uh, and then by the time it got back to me, the third, Kluber, Nola, Carrasco, Syndergaard had gone off the board. Wow. So you got DeGrom. And you're coming back 
I love that from the seven spot, you got DeGrom Stanton. So you got the premium hitter, pre- premium pitcher, premium hitter combo. You decide to do a secondary version of that with your third and fourth picks. Blake Snell makes it back to you in the third, which I thought was a nice little windfall as well. So you've got your two aces locked and loaded now. And then uh, our boy, our, our collective boy here between me, you and Jason, Tommy Pham, makes it to you in the fourth, which I love, power-speed combo. And so you're set up now. you got two outfielders, two aces. How are you feeling at this point? It's exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I had kind of put Stanton on my wish list in the second round with no intention that he'd actually make it back to me. I thought there was a chance because of Bryce Harper getting hit on the foot that Harper could make it. Yeah, and so I was kind of thinking, well, maybe Degrom, Harper, and then a pitcher in the third. I I'd been talking to a number of people, including Vlad Sedler, but good buddy Vlad Sedler is just a uh, NFBC juggernaut, uh, and awesome. he's like, yeah. you want to try to get two two aces in the first four rounds. Yes, and with the way I've seen starting pitching go in some of these leagues. I just felt like, okay, that really means I want to get two starting pitchers in the first three rounds. Because round four, pick eight in round four is not going to have... I mean, the guys who were available there were Paxton, Berrios, and Greinke. That's That's just a cut below. Yeah, and I'm not a big Paxton guy this year, first year in New York. I love Berrios, but will he ever put it together? And as much as I think... Granky is an underrated asset at times. Do I really want to put my $1,700 buy-in on Zach Granky and and kind of the the reduced velocity and everything? So I was stoked to see Snell there. I was really surprised. Bauer and Cole went before Sale in this this draft. Sale fell to, what, the fifth pick of the second round? Yeah. Fifth pick of the second round? Yeah. Because the reports about his velocity being at eighty nine ninety came out that morning. Ah, so you know the the, the reactions to so, that, it, you know. So Mike, like um, I think it's Mike Edelman who is a, a really, really you know top notch shark. Uh, started off Acuna, Sale, Chris Bryant, Clevenger. Wow. Okay. Wait. Say, say the second one again. Acuna, Sale, Chris Bryant. Oh, Acuna, Sale. Yeah. Chris now Bryant, that... Clevenger is another way to do your four-pack, which I really like, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Uh, I All of it was really helped out by the fact that the third team uh, in the draft went hitter, 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 which he got three legit great hitters, but he's starting off his his rotation with Zach Granke and Luis Castillo, which it, it could work. Maybe Granke's floor balances you know, the lower floor for Castillo, but... I mean, that's a bit scary to me, and the rest of his his pitching staff is a bit scary to me, too. So uh, I think the fact that he passed on pitching altogether. Actually, there were two teams, it looks or Wow, three teams? Were the three teams who patched on, passed on starting pitching in the first three rounds was the reason I was able to get Blake Snell in the third. That works. That, Which I'll that take. absolutely works. I'll totally take because I was hoping that Marte or Whit Merrifield made it back to me in the third two to kind of have that option, but but neither of them made it back. Okay, so you got your you got your four pack here, which is exactly what you want. Um, I totally agree with this that you want two hitters, two pitchers that you feel really good about. Now it's open. Uh, you go Joseph Votto in the fifth. Love that. Um, you know that's a nice price. Obviously, get a little 
built-in discount there for the 12-homer season could easily bounce back. Is he going to bounce back to 36 homers? I would say no. I think that's a fair bet to say no. But is he going to be better than 12 homers? I think yes. And so and, you and get I batting didn't necessarily average. Needed, I didn't necessarily need his power. Like, if he bounces back to 25 home runs um, or, you know, or even greater than that, it's just kind of icing on the cake because I already have a really, really good power base. Yeah. What I needed was his average to take shots on other guys later. Exactly. And we'll, we'll get into some of those shots that you took later. So at this point, did you consider a closer in the fifth round or was it always Votto? Uh, I didn't consider it in the fifth round. I it, For me, it was coming down to Jonathan VR okay. uh, and, and Votto. And I really, really wanted VR because I had Stanton already. So I'm like, well, I've got power. Uh, and while Pham is going to give me some speed, he also is already dealing with some injury issues. Uh, and so I just, I wanted to lock up some, you know, massive speed. He went one pick before me. And so Votto was my uh, my my consolation prize, and none of the closers had gone at that point. So okay, so you didn't want to be the first to pop. Yeah, and I, f- I figured if one popped, then I would just grab one in the six, which I did. I didn't think they would all pop, so I picked. They didn't. Yeah, I I I picked seventh pick in the fifth round, and then in between my fifth and sixth round picks, uh, Diaz, Trinan, Hand, Vasquez. Uh, Osuna, Kenley Jansen all went off the board before my six-round pick. This is the seventh closer off the board when you get a roll as Chapman? Wow. Like, I understand some concerns, but I think a lot of it's a bit overblown with Chapman. So you get him as the the seventh closer off the board. You come back with more pop, which, by the way, you, you just can't. You can't get too much. You cannot get too much power. You get the aforementioned Nelson Cruz. Get a little um, two B slash middle duo here with Scooter Jeanette, Rugnet Odor. I think they actually kind of pair nicely there because Jeanette's batting average will help counterbalance some of uh, Odor's potential struggles there. Odor throws in some speed that Jeanette doesn't really have, and they both deliver pop. And then you took a nice gamble here in the tenth round with Luis Severino, which I think is exactly the same round that Chris List got him. And I was on the Rotowire show this morning saying, you know what, I like that move a lot. And I don't think y'all's either of y'all have your season like hinged upon it. I think a lot of people will kind of say that. That's kind of an easy thing to say. Well, oh, your season depends on Severino. No, it doesn't. It could be a great windfall for you to get an ace for five months. But if he's just kind of solid for the five months, or maybe even, or even yeah. more time, and it's four months, I don't think that that's a problem because you are you have Degrom, Snell, and Chapman out front even, as your three stud pitchers. Let's be honest. Even if he misses the entire season. It's, well, yeah. it's not going to be the reason I lose this league because with Correct. Snell and Snell and DeGrom at the top, I have a ton of starting pitching already. What Luis Severino is is a gamble on the overall at this point because I've already got the top two. If he comes in, he's five months of Luis Severino, then I'm giving myself a potential chance to to win the overall prize, which is what you want to do in a league like this. Uh, I think I can survive without him in, in my league in, just in general. My, I think I've got a legitimate shot to uh, win my league, no problem. Um, you know, obviously, 
there's other really great players in this league and uh, some other really great teams, but I, I think I put together a team that should compete for the league. This bet and then the, one of the bets later is a bet on if these guys come back, then I've got three guys who would have been top 10 starting pitchers going into the draft had Severino been uh, healthy on my roster. I think your next quintet, quintet uh, has a lot of overall uh, mm-hmm. work to it, too, that, that can really <laughs> strike big. When you go uh, Byron Buxton, Garrett Hampson, Austin Meadows, Danny Jansen, Jimmy Nelson. That's a that's a nice little five pack there. I don't think the eleventh round for Buxton's too egregious, even though I'm not a huge Buxton guy. You're looking at the power agonized, speed. agonized over Byron Buxton. Who'd you consider uh, with him? It well, I got to the end of the tenth round. We took the break. I looked at my team and I go, the only guys who are going to steal anything for me on this team are Rugnet Odor and Tommy Pham. Yeah, Stan's not like stealing nothing. 15. Cruz isn't stealing anything. Votto's not stealing anything. Yep. So I looked around, and a lot of the big stolen base guys had gone. And so I was debating between Buxton, Garrett Hampson, and then uh, uh, Billy Hamilton. Gross. And I just I, – I really debated it. I talked to you. I talked to a number of – of other guys, I think I had like four of my uh, friends, fancy benefit staff members watching, and everybody recommended me go a different direction, and uh, I ended up going with your recommendation, which was Buxton. I think you went the right way. I, I, really I think I did, especially because Hampson ends up falling to me in the next round. Exactly. That makes it so clutch that you were considering him in that 11th round, and you got him in the 12th anyway. You know, Buxton, if he just... Just do what you did in, in 17, 16 homers, 29 steals with the 253, 314, 413 line. Like, it's not a great line. But if you can just get those counting numbers, that could be massive. Now, uh, Ryan McMahon's having a great spring, uh, as is mm-hmm. Garrett Hampson. They're both they're both fighting it out. And Hampson had a little little nick there, but I think he's back. He's, yeah, right? he, he news it, or there was a report or in, during that draft that he was playing that day in left field. And so go. that's one of the reasons I was more comfortable taking him as opposed to taking Hamilton. Hamilton, like, I know you can, like, pretty much pencil in, like, 40 stolen bases. I just didn't want to ruin the average base yep. that I had gotten. And uh, it's a power that, zero. Well, I, I mean, that doesn't bother me because, I mean, I had, you know, Cruz and uh, Votto and, uh, and Stanton already. For me, it was a matter of... I didn't want to spoil because I already had a guy in Odor who Odor could hit 250, Odor could hit 220 for sure. And while I'm hoping to spike the 250, um, I it's unlike a lot of and then Buxton as well. Like you know, you just don't you don't want to crater your average in a league like this because you can't punt if you want a shot at the overall. And and you can't make batting average up very easily. Mm-hmm. It's remarkably difficult. By the way, you mentioned that Garrett Hampson was playing in left field. Outfield's another avenue for him to possibly mm-hmm. get some time. And obviously right now they've got uh, Blackman and Dahl locked into the corners and then Desmond in center. You know, I'm an Ian Desmond fan, but I absolutely recognize his shortcomings without a doubt. Well, and they've got a and lot so, of injury guys, too, on this team. Uh, you know, guys like Dick Murphy, who's lo- uh, lost time to injuries. Dahl himself. Dahl uh, Desmond Blackman, even like I, I think we've kind of forgotten that Trevor Story. There was you know talk of Trevor Story having Tommy John at the end of last season. 
Yeah, but he did have that that second half injury there. That's actually an interesting point. And so, like about all, I think as our industry, we've kind of forgotten that about Trevor Story, and kind of we're looking past it. So, I just think there's a there's a even if for some reason Hampson isn't named a starter, I think he's making the team because of his flexibility, and I think he's going to get plenty of time to work it. And then McMahon's got a hit too, so he's been hitting in spring, but the regular season is a different story. Yep. And then uh, last year, medals went 18-17 between AAA and the majors. Nice power-speed combo. Jansen for your first catcher. Love it. Got him in my tout, of course. And then Jimmy Nelson, a guy we've, we've talked up quite a bit. He'll start the season on the IL, but... Um, you know, not again, not someone that you're overly relying on right off the top, but could end up being big for you. And I, I like those three picks a lot. Let's move on to the next, uh, the next five pack here. Josh Bell, Pedro Strope to back up your uh, your Chapman there. Miguel Sano, uh, Hunter Strickland, <laughs> and Carlos Martinez. Uh, so I like the Bell Strope, and the Strickland picks really nice too because isn't he the closer? Yeah, because uh, he's just Swarzak kind of forgotten. Started- well, originally it was supposed to be like a committee between him and Swarzak, but Swarzak isn't going to be ready for a while. There you uh, go. So, so I don't understand why Strickland continues to be kind of ignored and we see guys in shakier situations uh, yeah. going above him because there's really no one to challenge him on that roster. No, I, I agree with that. So you got three, and we've already talked about how he likes Strope to probably run away with that job. He was also mm-hmm. nicked a little bit, but he's been back. But he uh, he no, was seen that morning, too. He he had done a 30-pitch bullpen and then seen sprinting on the field. No limping, exactly, because he had a lower half mm-hmm. injury. So I think he can keep that job because by the time Morrow comes back, if Strope's killing it, I don't think there's any reason to put Morrow back in the role. But even if it is, it looks like he got two premium – or two – Locked-in closers with Chapman and Strickland. I won't say that Strickland's necessarily premium, but he could be really good too. Like you know, he's he's been volatile. Uh, he's been reliever volatility uh, in a nutshell, but he can be solid there. And I like I love Strobe. Josh Bell. Now, are you expecting Josh Bell's power to bounce back? Because he had that spike last yeah. year or uh, I, I two years ago. He's a guy that uh, that Ariel has uh, Ariel Cohen uh, at Fangraphs has really kind of uh, helped bring me around on. I mean, I've always been a Josh Bell fan, but he, I believe uh, Ariel has said that he is the most underrated player versus per, uh, 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 projections versus ADP. Well, he's the same as, he's the same as uh, uh, Max Scherzer in my league. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's not underrated at all. Uh, I mean, I thought about some other guys there too, but I also wanted, I didn't want to roster a guy that I thought would hit 230. And so, yeah. like, I thought about Justin Smoke. I also thought about the opposite direction, which was Yuli Gurriel uh, there. Big time batting Because average. Yeah, batting but average, but not as much pop. And I don't know that Gurriel's job is as safe uh, as, like, Smoke's or Bell's. I mean, unless he falls, though, it is. If he hits, I don't think they're going to take it from him. But, you know, he's going to be, what, 35 this year for Yuli Gurriel. If there is any sort of fall off, then they do have options that they can certainly figure out. I probably should have taken Gurriel because he's third base eligible. Oh, wow, that's nice. As well, and then I could have passed on Sano and gone maybe a different direction in the next round, or two rounds later. That's probably what I should have done. But I I, I love Sano. I'm a Sano truther, and I know he's going to miss the first month, and 
I've got a lot of guys who are going to miss the first say, one. So you... uh, but I'm I'm willing to take the gamble on the upside. No DL. No, no DL. DL. Only yeah. seven reserves. Oh yeah, so... no. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna be at a position where I, for the first. The main event for me is going to be all about surviving the first month. If I survive the first month, I think I have a real shot of winning this league and then competing in the overall. If I, but there's there's a very very good chance that if I get hit with some other injuries, I'm in some real trouble real quick. Yeah, because you have to figure out who to, who to make cuts for. Then mm-hmm. at that point, and the decisions can become really tough because you're starting with so many guys with with Severino, Sano, and Martinez already. X'd out, so you basically only have four reserve spots at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know the Martinez gamble. We've talked to him to death. We we like him. He could actually end up being another closer for you too. Mm-hmm. That that that's interesting. Uh, so then you go Samarja, Odubel Herrera, Heimer Candelario, Aaron Sanchez, Luis Urias. Really like a lot of the guys here. I'm not a huge Odubel Herrera guy. I'm not but either. The, but in the twenty second round, someone he, who's going to play. Yeah, I mean, his ADP was like one sixty something. And everybody just kept passing on him for the Christian Stewart's and the Kyle Tucker's and the Tyler O'Neill's. And, like, I understand those are – Greg Allen goes two rounds ahead of him. Uh, I understand those are much sexier players that have greater upsides. But we're talking about a Philadelphia team that just added two huge bats that are going to bat right in front of him. Like, Ross Resource has him batting fifth in this lineup behind uh, Real Muto and, and Harper. Like, I, I – don't understand why people are uh, like running away from Odobel Herrera for some reason. Well, mainly because he's not so good at baseball anymore, but he's certainly he's shown good enough some abilities in the past. And if he keeps that job, that's the thing. However, you did get his backup later, or, or someone who could absolutely take mm-hmm. his job if he doesn't work out. So I do like that aspect of it. That makes me feel a little bit better about the Herrera pick at that point. Um, hey, Candelario just a starter. You know, he's going to be in for that Sano pick there. And you might, you know, if Candelario looks healthy and gets off to the start he did last year before that wrist injury really kind of lingered over his season, you might cut Sano w- without reservation because you're you're fine with Candelario there, to be quite honest. Love the Samar Sanchez double up. That's that's a couple bounce back bets there that could really pay off. I think one will, right? Just uh, on odds, I, I would bet that one will. I'd bet closer to Samarja than Sanchez just because I still worry about a heavy ground baller who doesn't get a lot of swings and misses on turf with a mediocre defense behind him. But Sanchez does still have pretty nasty stuff. And Luis Arias, I've I've talked up most of the spring that I, I really like him as well. So I thought that that was a good pick. And let's get into your final five here. Scott Kingry, Michael Fulmer, Willie Peralta, Martin Maldonado, and Bryce Wilson. Kingry was the aforementioned guy who could fill in for Herrera. Uh, if things go awry, he should bounce around. He could kind of be there, Marwin Gonzalez, until he finds a spot. Love the bounce back. He, he went, what, like rounds higher last year at least? Like, yeah. I don't I don't even know. His ADP was through the roof last year comparatively to where Kingry is this year. Fulmer. Now that's another DL spot, uh, or excuse me, IL spot that you're that you're starting with. But that's why you say if you make it through the first month without too much trouble, you're adding all these well, pieces. And have here. they said they are they going to put him on the IL? Oh, maybe maybe he's not going to be on the IL. It's not an injury issue; it's a mechanical it's issue. It's a mechanic. Yeah. So I could see them just making him the fifth starter to start the season, skipping him the first time around. That's a good point. And just and hopefully, and that that was the bet because if he goes on, if he goes on the injured list, I'm I'm he, dropping him he for has someone to be cut. else. He's yeah. got to be cut. And uh, Willie Peralta was a, a bet on that. 
Brad Broxberger has been dealing with an issue this spring a little bit that he could get a couple saves to start the season. Yeah, just and then I'll save from him and move on. Yeah, and then I'll cut him. Wilson is just a upside gamble on the fifth spot, but the picks I really like here were the uh, Urias and Scott Kingery because while they don't have multi-positional eligibility now, they will in about ten games. Correct, and that's always helpful, especially in a league like this where you just have the seven reserves. It was kind of hedges a hedge for if Hampson didn't make the team, uh, and then obviously helping fill in for. Uh, Sanoa as well, but I mean, I could conceivably have three guys in Hampson, uh, Urias, and Kingery that all have multi-position eligibility. Exactly, and so I, I really do, I really do like uh, that setup. You, you came out with a team that certainly didn't look like um, a rookie, you know. And I, again, I, you heard a lot of that from folks who are m- much better veterans of the NFBC than myself, and this is my third year. But <laughs> it's like I'm winning in overalls or anything like that. But I think you put together a Justin Mason team. You can be happy that you went in with your strategy, your team. Now comes the the hard part, the six months of work, but you certainly have a, a really strong foundation to uh, to go into battle with. So you, you did well there. I hope you enjoyed it because uh, it looks like you, yeah. you had fun. I mean, it's a $150,000 squad. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. How could it not be? I mean, How could it not be? It's, yeah. And, and then, because that's the only way my wife will let me play again is if... <laughs> so if um, I hope... People don't mind hearing about NFBC stuff uh, with our main events. We're not gonna—it's not gonna take over the show, but there'll be regular chatter about it with both of our our clubs this year because uh, we're gonna be splitting that 150, and it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, that's the so plan, like, right? Like I said, my draft is in nine days uh, on Wednesday. I'll be streaming it on Twitch if you guys want to come watch. Might figure something out where I'm either on a delay or hiding my key or something. Yeah, you're gonna have to figure something out. I, I've I've hit the queue before, and I know you can do a delay because poker streams are on a delay, or else people could just cheat on them, of mm-hmm. course. And so I think I could just do like a five minute delay, you know, and I, I don't think that would be too much of an issue. The chat ends up being like a little bit, you know, I'm answering things from early. You guys aren't seeing it for a little while, but I don't I don't think that that's the end of the world. Um, and and so I, I've done drafts. I've done my online Rotowire online championship. Or just there. You know, don't have the camera uh, on you i don't know is there like you know uh, is there a way to just show the draft board and not show uh yeah but I, i'm not oh, you're saying what i'm gonna give away something with the way i look no no i mean i mean like you, you know so that way you're not like you can oh, talk well, about the, the board will be up like it'll only oh be yeah because you don't want to be just talking out your your thought process and and yeah so I'll probably be talking about what other folks are doing. Dusty jumps and then, in and he's all like, yes. oh, "I'm taking all your guys." The yeah. closer I get, I mean, he's gonna know my guys because we we yeah. we talk so much. But like, yeah, I, I that's the that's the balancing act of talking my uh, strategy versus not giving everything away. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll have to figure that out. But anybody uh, else done, cool in your league? I don't know yet. It's not full, but I know that Dusty and I are going to be together. I know I know a number of the people in in my league are listening, and uh, it was actually really really cool to to draft against you all. Uh, Glenn uh, Lowey was uh, uh, he yelled at me a number of times. Good, you, um, you, you gotta like that. Yeah, He's a great player, uh, and he he just super cool guy. Uh, met you, Pinka, uh, and uh, uh, and Mager, uh, who's a, a fan of the show as, as well. So th- thank you guys. Uh, for listening, and um, uh, please feel free to kind of mail it in so I can win the overall. 
<laughs> yes, that, that's. <laughs> I'm that, sure that's... they will, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. They're, yeah. they're just going to take this one off. The, the crazy thing is, um, is many of those guys play multiples. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So this sure. could be their this could be their 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 mess around one. Mm-hmm. It's not, and they don't mess around. They don't throw around that no. kind of money and just mess around. But uh, yeah, that that's that's going to be a wild room. I'm really excited to see it, how it, it turns out. It was cool out. talking to Japinka after real quick, and him kind of because at first I was looking at his team like I don't like his team, and then he kind of explained his his process and and uh, and why he was why he was doing you know what he was doing. I was like okay. I can't do that team, but I totally see how you win these leagues. That, that's the thing. Like, it makes when you see these guys who who do do it all the time and have the success. You want to see what they're doing. Doesn't mean you mm-hmm. just copy it because a lot of it's also in season management because that's where you really win. But you want to kind of see, okay, what are they doing? Okay, that makes sense. I don't know if I vibe with that. And I don't think that they would even say that they're perfect drafters. Again, I think a lot of it is on that six months of of uh, running the team in season. So again, we'll be doing updates on that for sure. My draft, uh, oh, about a week and a half here, and we'll cover it. But uh, we only have a few minutes left. I'm up against a hard mm-hmm. deadline here to go do a nut show. So I'm, I'm cheating on you. But let's uh, let's let's run over your NL auction, your Tout Wars, because that's awesome that you got in that room. You got into the, the single league. How now? This is gonna sound weird coming from me, <laughs> but uh, you know it's always about price. It's not always necessarily just talent. How the hell you let Herman Marquez go for thirteen? Uh, because at the point where he came out in the auction, I had already spent over ninety dollars on starting pitching. And okay. I still had multiple spots to get. Over ninety dollars total, or over ninety dollars on pitching, because you have forty-one no, for Max Scherzer. Over ninety dollars on pitching. On pitching, I spent so you're hundred dollars. I had spent a hundred. I spent a hundred dollars total on pitching in this in this auction. And at the point okay. where Marquez comes out in the in the auction, I've already spent. I th- I think I, I think I'd already gotten Rosenthal and, and Nelson and Freeland, so I had already okay. spent ninety dollars. So I couldn't believe it, man. For it, my my biggest concern with with Marquez is the price that's being paid. Thirteen in an NL only was downright thievery. Like like you build yeah. in a lot of the 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 downside there is, is kind of covered. Like he only has to be kind of a mid rotation guy at that point, doesn't he? Like yeah. what were some of the other pitching prices? You paid Darvish only went for ten Scherzer. bucks. What and I uh, it, it, it I went in with compared with, to the AL this is crazy yeah I went in with a, a certain strategy and the strategy was I wanted Max Scherzer uh, or Degrom uh, mm-hmm. you know for forty forty ish bucks or I would get two like twenty dollar pitchers like a Flaherty and a uh, Marquez or or yeah. you know something like that. I get Scherzer for 41, which puts me out on pretty much the rest of the higher end pitching. For sure. And that's, so, that's such an outlay. And you and, don't want your offense to be stunk. You know, usually in this in this uh NL group, it it seems that people are really kind of timid early on and then get aggressive later. That it was the opposite this year. People were more aggressive early. Like poor Derek Cardi, like like did not buy a player like in the first hour. I heard, and like it was in on every single. He was in on every single player. Like it wasn't like he was sitting back. He he got just got pushed out 
of every single uh, every single player. He still put together a very very good team, just not a Derek Cardi esque team. He really played the middle um, in this auction. Uh, you know, obviously there are some things I would do differently. I pushed Raw Stripling to ten bucks. I wish I hadn't done that. As much as I love Stripling, uh, I wish I would have thrown that back over to offense or get Darvish, who went for ten bucks as like the next player thrown. So it's, but it's hard. Like once you've spent that money, you can't just you can't unspend it. Like, of course, of course. And, and I knew there were going to be guys coming out later that I wanted in in Carlos Martinez, in Jimmy Nelson. Uh, yeah. I felt like Car- uh, Kyle Freeland was great at three dollars. I got Samarja. I got crickets when I threw Samarja out for three bucks. So I mean, half the room only had three bucks left. So <laughs> um, it was. Uh, I, but overall, I like the team I put together. My offense definitely is going to need some trading, uh, which is nice because there are guys who maybe have a little bit softer pitching staffs. Like Derek Cardi and I have already kind of like you know made eyes at each other. Like hey. You, you need some pitching, and, and I need some hitting. So uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure there's going to be uh, a few trades here and there. Uh, but I like the team I put together. There's definitely some risk. Uh, I took Craig Krimble uh, at eight. Yep, and I remember, didn't I ask you when uh, he went eight in the A, I said, you're going to do that? You're like, if he's eight, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do eight. I, I wasn't going to go double digits, but eight bucks for potentially a top three closer if he signs in in the National League. And I get to just hold him on my reserve list until I find out if he signs See, or not. So I didn't think he'd go for less or for the same in the NL because most of the teams rumored have been NL. That was my thinking. I think the I think the belief is from some people is that eventually Boston and him are going to find a way because Boston is I guess they his, could. His bullpen, their Boston's bullpen is just atrocious. I know. And they they just want to world. I I don't understand what American League teams are doing. Uh, this <laughs> it's a, like Boston and Cleveland and it's like nope, we're good enough to get there. Yeah, I I don't understand either. I think it's kind of weird uh what's been happening with Kimbrel and I know that just cuz they've said hey we're not signing Kimbrel doesn't mean that they're not we see that stuff all the time we don't even know you know they can't trust all the rumors so I understand that aspect of it um they seem dead set on not signing him but it, it, if he got signed by Boston I would not bat an eye for Kimbrel I, I would be like yeah okay they, they you know they they BS'd it probably to try to keep the price down in the mark in the market or whatever um, you know that's probably why they float and stuff like that in the media uh, it, but it could be total BS so all right let's cover your team here let's go top to bottom catching you spent which I like I, I we've hammered yeah, this point home that, that was one of my trash mis- catch that was one of my mistakes though I didn't hate it though Cervelli nine no po- I- Fourteen. I, I like the guys I got, but then you start looking at some of the other prices for catchers, and I just assumed like I had all the catchers, uh, pretty much all the catchers in this auction went under my values. It just they there were there were a bunch of teams that weren't willing to spend more than a buck on a catcher, and it just devalued the group as a whole. And so I filled up both my catchers early on in the auction thinking, hey, I got Posey for $2 cheaper than I thought I'd get him for. I got Cervelli for $2 cheaper than I thought I went for. But then Wilson Ramos goes for 10 when like he's got to be like a $16, $17 catcher in this format. Yeah, like, for sure. And I don't, like, what, am I going to put him in my util spot? No, I'm not, I don't want a third catcher. 
uh, you know, maybe I should have and then tried to trade one to one of these $1 guys. Sure. Uh, but, you know, and then, you know, you see even Suzuki. Three bucks for Suzuki. It just, it like, there were so many bargains at Catcher that, you know, it's something that I just didn't, either didn't notice in the history of it, because I went through the history of the last five years of this auction before I, I went into it. Doing that extra next level research, I love it. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the nice thing was I was new to this league, but everybody else has been in it at least two years, and some of them yep. have been in it for like, you know, whole 15, minute. you know, 20 yeah. years. So, uh, I, I like having that wealth of history around like the players really gives me an advantage when they don't know what I'm going to do. Not that I'm necessarily predictable in auctions, as we saw in the points league last year, uh, but. <laughs> other people can be a little bit more predictable. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't like my catching situation, but then getting uh, Donaldson, Goldschmidt, Ryan McMahon is my first third in corner. Felt really good, and I love my middle with uh, Lowry, uh, Paul DeYoung, and uh, Hernan Perez. Yeah, your low-dollar middle, Paul DeYoung at 10 bucks, Hernan Perez 5 Jed Lowry at 8 By the way, Goldie was 36 Donaldson 25 Ryan McMahon 9 Your outfield... Um, Outfield plus swing, we'll call it, right? Because there's a mm -hmm. swing man here that can either be an extra pitcher or another hitter. You went Victor Robles, 25, Manny Margot, 7, Franchi Cordero, 6, Adam Duvall, 3. Uh, you want to assess it's going to go to the bench, but you put 2 on him. And then Addison Russell for a buck uh, will also start on the bench. You did get Mark Reynolds, who might make the team in Colorado, so he'll fill in for one of those, and then it, you can pick somebody it was up. A, it was other. a Ryan McMahon hedge. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. It yeah, was, that it, if for that some reason... Uh, they decide to just swing Daniel Murphy back to second and put yep. and put Reynolds at uh, at first. Uh, it was just a they little bit of better. a hedge there. I probably should have gone a different direction and just gone full in. Someone tweeted at me that it was really cool to see me get Carlos Correa for ten bucks when he went for twenty eight <laughs> in the AL one. <laughs> Yo, nice eighteen dollar discount. Paul DeYoung, ten bucks. Now, it is OBP, so he's not a huge walk guy, and that's it's one of the reasons that I've, I've, I've had, had Goldschmidt uh... with him in the past. Oh, for sure. Like, you've got OBP guys. Like, and Donaldson's going to be an OBP guy. Like, I, I don't think that your OBP is, like, struggling, um, especially, you know, your two catchers are yeah. both OBP guys, too. But Paul DeYoung for 10 is a pretty fair price. I thought he so. I was – Yeah, I was surprised because uh, – I got into a bidding war over Garrett Hampson with uh, Brian Walton, and finally at eighteen bucks, I just went, "No, you you take him." Yeah. Uh, but I mean, 18, yeah, like I understand that's different skill sets, and speed got really pushed up. That's why Victor Robles went for twenty five bucks. Uh, but Ahmad Rosario went for twenty bucks, and you can't tell me that De Young isn't like just as valuable as him. Obviously, they do different things. Sure. But getting him at ten as opposed to a twenty dollar Rosario uh, felt pretty. I don't know. I just I don't understand why people. Maybe it was in the middle of the auction. Some people didn't have as much money. Uh, at the same time, they've already announced he's batting third in this lineup behind uh, right? Carpenter and Goldschmidt. Like he's gonna he's gonna knock in a hundred plus runs this year and probably hit twenty five plus home runs. Uh, like there's no reason that Paul DeYoung's going should go for ten bucks in an NL only. Yeah, I 
I was surprised by that and, of course, loved it because of the whole Carlos Correa Mm -hmm. uh, stuff. But, uh, you know, I think your team here is pretty nice. Obviously, um, your outfield is lighter because your infield is so strong. So people are like, oh, you got Robles and then kind of scrap heaps. Well, not quite scrap heaps, but you're taking gambles for sure. But that's what happens when you get a $41 Scherzer and and an amazing corner. Exactly. You have to to give somewhere. You Mm -hmm. just can't get goodness every single spot there um you know it's either going to be all in the middle and live in like the teen range or you're going to do stars and scrubs and you went a little bit stars and scrubsy mm-hmm. which i did like let's come pitching here outside of scherzer uh and kimbrell which you got at 41 and 8 respectively then you went kenley jansen 19 our boy ross stripling for 10 Kyle freeland for three man no one is buying in on him we talked about where he went i was surprised because for... i mean <laughs> Uh, like he went two bucks. Uh, I think someone threw him out at two bucks, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, and I and I went. Well, no, they were like going once, going twice. I'm like, no, three. Like, yeah, like I, come on. And then the entire room went quiet again. And I'm like looking around, like, like do you guys? I mean, I understand he's gonna, he, you know, he can regress quite a bit from last year and sure there's the potential for things to completely fall off the map but do, are we forgetting what he did last year i mean he was amazing and he yeah i think he's he shown that do... he can pitch in colorado that this isn't just a guy you have to stream on the road it's just no doubt i just, i i don't understand like the, what is the old matthew berry phrasing the the hate has gone too far hate, hate gone too far it just Jimmy- is Jimmy Nelson, seven, Trevor Rosenthal, three, Carlos Martinez, six, and Jeff Samarja, three. I'm only going to let you talk about Rosenthal because I do have to go because we talked yeah. about the others on your main event. Um, you seen maybe some saves there because as much as we love Do, I believe you love Doolittle. I love like Doolittle. Do but his health, man, yeah. we just And Rosenthal has looked really, really good. Uh, yeah, I know he yeah. had one outing where he walked four guys, but uh, – that's kind of the Rosenthal experience. Well, and he's coming off of Tommy like John. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah it's going to so. happen as he's working his way back. But and the rest that, of that bullpen has looked really bad around Doolittle and Rosenthal. And so it, it, it's rosy. He's, he's clearly the next man up. Yeah. Uh, and in an NL only, it's worth the gamble. It's kind of a hedge for Kimbrell if for some reason Kimbrell yep. gets uh, signs gets, uh, of the American League. Mark Reynolds, Bryce Wilson, who you also got in the main event, Ison Diaz, who could be up with the Marlins relatively soon and and play most of the season in the middle infield mm-hmm. somewhere, and then Chris Shaw, your homer pick to cap it off. Solid squad again. You, pardon me, you have a team that's ready to go here. It's going to require the work, of course, because any team does. But uh, I th- certainly think you have a foundation here with your superstars. I uh, love Victor Robles, by the way. We didn't give him much shine, but I really do love him in an NL only. And then um, y- your your corner could be really, really just stabilizing for everything you're trying to do there. You obviously need some good fortune here because replacement value is low and you did take some health gambles. But that's how you kind of spike a victory there is to, to, to take some of these gambles. Don't be afraid. Just because April news is bad, it's a six-month season. So I think you did well. I think you had a good good weekend with your drafts. I had a great time seeing you, and uh, I can't I can't wait to talk more NFBC here because this main event's going to be a fun year with more and more of my friends getting into it too because it's it's so freaking fun. Yeah, I can't because yours is on Wednesday, right? So we'll Wednesday the twenty seventh, so a week from oh, this Wednesday. So we'll, okay. we'll be talking about it on the Thursday or Friday episode twenty eight twenty nine, whichever day we do. So we'll just we be talking about actual baseball games that, later this week. Correct. We, we will actually be talking real baseball. Our position previews are all done, right? We never did relief pitcher. We never did relief. Okay, we, we can do we that. Ne- we never. Honestly, no, keeping that. 
let's skip it because we're going to have an actual baseball game to talk talk about. We, we will. But keeping that till the very end is probably the right move. It, it I thought it was going to clear up. Don't punch it. Or, don't don't gamble on the lower end closers. There you go. Dude, There's our relief pitcher. I, I would take some. I would take some uh, some quality guys for sure. All right. Well, I got to get going. They're waiting for me now. But uh, Justin, right. have a good one, and I'll talk to you later this week. Take it easy.